Hey everybody, this is Robert from Black Belt Gaming. I hope you're doing well. I thought I would do something exclusively here on the podcast. If I do a video on this same subject, I might go into a bit more detail. But I would like to talk about the solo rules for castles and crusades. Recently I purchased a document called uh, the Crusaders Solo Handbook. This is published by Parts Per Million. It's a third-party publisher, and it is compatible with the Castles and Crusades game system. Remember that Castles and Crusades is my preferred third edition of Dungeons and Dragons. This is an edition that is not official. It didn't come out of Wizards of the Coast or Hasbro or T even TSR. It came about at the time of the uh, Open Gaming License, the third edition coming out of Wizards of the Coast. And Castles and Crusades is a version of Dungeons and Dragons that to me is a bit closer to first and second edition and even basic. And so it uh, has a feel particularly like that of first edition, and I, and I appreciate that and enjoy that uh, aspect. The solo rules. I'll jump to it and sort of give you a, a brief overview. I haven't put these to the test yet, and that's another thing that I, I may do either here on the podcast or do uh, on YouTube. I haven't decided. But the, uh, the solo rules... You need to ask questions when you play a uh, role-playing game solo. Typically these are yes-no questions and remember when I say solo that means you by yourself not one player and one GM but you by yourself. And you can either be playing a single character or multiple characters. This document seems to indicate that most likely you're playing just a single character through an adventure. You need to ask your yes or no questions. And a lot of solo rules give you a way to make a die, a die roll or some sort of random check. And it's usually 50-50 and then it can be modified from there. This one uses the Castles and Crusades Seeds Siege Engine as its base. Uh, the Siege Engine, just in short, means that when you're making a check, could be a saving throw, a skill check, um, something along those lines, your target number is either 12 or 18. If you're good at something, it's 12. If you're not trained in an area, it's an 18. Well, we're going to put the 18 to the side and focus on the 12. And you're going to be adding your level to the roll. So if you're at least level 1 and you roll an 11, it's going to equal a 12. And that's why it's set that way. So it's roughly a 50-50 uh, chance on a d20 roll. Now, the higher level you are, uh, the more chances you have to exceed that target number. Because rolling high is preferred. So it's... Um, interesting that this particular rule set says you want to organize your questions so that yes is the preferred answer. Yes is the better answer. 
and that requires just a little more thought but that way if you're a higher level character you're going to be getting more yeses another interesting thing about this is every time that you get a no you're going to raise that target by one so the 12 becomes a 13 if you get another no then the 13 becomes a 14 and it keeps creeping up now it doesn't just have to creep up step by step that way you can push things in favor of either yes or no if the situation uh, requires so if you think something is more likely to be a yes you're going to lower the target number by five if you think it's unlikely you're going to raise the difficulty by five points now here's something interesting I, I haven't seen this before but if your target number reaches a 20 probably due to a combination of either creeping up from several no's before maybe being pushed all the way up to 20 with the unlikely uh, tag just whenever it reaches 20 or above uh, you suffer a complication and complications are going to require some explanation here because evidently there's three different complications um, let's talk about this first this main one this is the most important one I think when your target uh, number reaches 20 and you suffer a complication it means that whatever question you are asking that resulted in this target number hitting 20 that question is no longer so important something else happens rather unexpected that uh, comes into the story and gives you somewhat of a new challenge to deal with and you have to work it in you have to make it fit with your story so perhaps just some random thoughts these were not given in the document but maybe you're Han Solo in the bar at Mos Eisley and you're getting ready for your mission to fly um, Luke and, and Obi-Wan and the two droids uh, somewhere and oh, to Alderaan and you're on your way out and then all of a sudden a bounty hunter appears and holds you at gunpoint that could be an example of one of these complications something unexpected happened that interrupted uh, your story now if you roll a one if you roll a one on one of your um, questions it says that that's a different kind of complication called a calamity and a calamity means that just imagine what could go wrong and it just did so maybe if I think of a different movie um, I see this kind of thing as a more minor uh, going wrong uh, incident let's say you're snake Pliskin trying to escape from New York right trying to find the president and you're uh, in a rush and you're climbing over a wall and then oops you drop your uh, 
communication device and it breaks. So now you can't talk to, uh, to the home base. It could be something like that. Now, once again, these are not related to a skill check or a saving throw. These are still related to these uh, yes or no questions that you've been asking. So I wonder, like I said, I haven't tested these yet, but I wonder if you just need to write this down and then at the appropriate moment have the, uh, the complication or the calamity uh, take place. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it takes place soon, but I, I wonder if it needs to happen absolutely right there on the spot or if you kind of note it down and then you work it in. I'm, I'm not really sure how that works. I need to try it out. Now the next one, I wouldn't really call a complication. Uh, it's more of a benefit. It's where you roll the d20 on your question, looking for your yes or no, but you happen to roll a natural 20. And if you roll a natural 20, it says that you get a fortuitous event. And unlike the other uh, examples that maybe weren't quite as good when you rolled a natural 1, it does give a clear example of rolling a natural 20 by referencing the 1982 Conan the Barbarian film where Conan is uh, in the middle of his final battle and he falls and Valeria suddenly comes back from the dead, blocks the sword blow from uh, Rexor and uh, temporarily blinds him and asks Conan does he want to live forever and then he reaches for his sword and looks back and she's gone um, that is a fortuitous event that was just an unexplained bonus that came out of nowhere and the rules say it could be something big or it could be something small but once again I still think it's something that you note down and that you you, you work into the story um, one more thing about the die rolls on a little chart it said you get a no if you miss your target number if you hit your target number above you get a yes but if you get a result that's a that I think it's over 20 so if due to maybe your, your it must be your level or the circumstances being very likely if you get a result no that wouldn't do that would it adding five or, or subtracting five no it's it's got to be due to your level it's got to be your d20 roll and your level pushes it over 20 it says you get a yes and and that means that not only is the answer a yes but you're supposed to build a little more on top of it I think in your favor uh, to make it even better than just a regular yes so not only is it what you were hoping but it's a little better than you were actually expecting that's that's my impression there I would say the other main point uh, in the the rule set is about open questions and with open questions it says sometimes you're needing to ask questions that aren't yes or no. Um, you are 
asking, like, what are the guards talking about? Maybe you're hiding in the shadows and you overhear two guards uh, talking to each other and you want to know what they're talking about. And instead of just making up a topic by yourself, you're looking for a, something to spark your imagination. These are referred to as open questions. And what you do is you take two 20-sided dice and you roll them and you look at the result of the first one and you look in the first column and you pick one of these uh, phrases or words and then you look at the second d20 and then you look at the second column and you pick one of the words there that relates to what you rolled. So let's say for example you rolled a 1 and a 2. Uh, a 1 is like plotting with and then a 2 is a um, colleague. Plotting with a colleague. So you overhear the guards talking and the subject is some sort of plot with a colleague. Maybe they are plotting something together. And then you have to make it up from there. But it just gives you something to work with. Now, you are limited to 20 results and then another 20 results. That's still a lot. But if you want even more options, you can use keywords. And that's towards the end of this document where it lists in alphabetical order uh, many, many different words. A words, B words, C words, and, it, and you work off of those. And it says, instead of rolling two 20-sided dice, just look around your room and see an object and let it give you two letters. For example, the example given says he looks on his desk and he sees a teacup. So he picks a T and a C. So he picks a T word and then he picks a C word and puts the two words together and lets that spark his imagination as far as what those words might be talking about or what those words might mean to, to answer his question. So it kind of recommends that when you choose a word, you look on the list. I think it might recommend checking the first word on the list and crossing it off. And then the next time you get a T word, you're going to skip over that one that you used before, go to the next one, and then cross that off. Personally, I might like to scan over those words and just grab one that jumps out at me. That's probably what I would do. So maybe the first word on that list just really doesn't fit at all with what I'm thinking. But another one kind of, oh, that would make sense. And then I might cross that one off and not use it uh, the next time. So that's just a personal choice. But lots of uh, words listed, uh, plenty there to, to spark your imagination. Now, there's more than this to the document, and I might go over that in more detail, perhaps on a YouTube video, I'm not sure, but it gives you some advice on experience, it gives you advice on how to use the rules for playing with a group. Uh, if you don't want a dungeon master, it's you and your friends playing, and and you want to use this, uh, this engine to answer your questions so you can adventure together and create the story together. It gives you advice on how to use this engine to um, play through uh, published adventures. Uh, 
and how to maybe make some modifications there to make that work. It even recommends um, some alternative experience point rewards, um, the number of monsters that you might encounter, uh, and even uh, NPC reactions. It has a, a chart for uh, when you encounter NPCs in your solo game and you're going to roll a d20 and add your charisma modifier and the better result is going to get you a better reaction. And it recommends how to work in things called loose ends or plot hooks. Maybe you were pursuing something and, and got sidetracked or maybe you got a bad reaction from an NPC and you're wondering why because it didn't really make sense for them to react that way. And <clears throat> it gives you a way to kind of think about and find out for yourself in your storytelling why why the town guard didn't like me when I wasn't doing anything wrong or um, what happened about this I never really saw the end of that uh, is that tied to something else that I'm doing you know you you work it in and it, it recommends keeping a journal and how to to keep these things around uh, to give you just extra ideas to work off of. Just for fun, at the end of the document, it uh, gives you the 20 results of the Magic 8-Ball toy. So this is the old 8-Ball. My sister had one of these. You, you shake it and you ask your question and you know it says Outlook not so good or yes. Uh, whatever it may be just for fun it lists all the 20 answers to that and it sort of compares playing solo to using the die rolls to get your answers the same way that that eight ball used to to give you answers so if you were very curious about what the answers were on that toy it's it's all typed out and you could actually use it if you if you wanted uh, an answer that way well, that's really the uh, kind of a summary of, of what the, the Crusaders solo handbook is all about. Once again, I am very interested to test this out and see how it goes. And um, I appreciate you listening. I'm curious if you have a way of uh, messaging me here on Anchor or perhaps... Um, on one of the other ways on on uh, my Facebook or I I have an account on Twitter I'm not super active there but I do have one I have some other accounts rolling around on different uh, social media but if you want to get uh, your opinions out I'd, I'd love to hear what kind of solo rules that you may like to use and um, if some of you have ever tried this set of rules before and how did it go uh, yeah I look forward to hearing from you alright take care everybody I'll catch you later